Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa bihi nasta'in wa salli lahumma wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallam wa sallama tasliman kathira amma ba'd Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa ilahi alhamd in our study of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and trying to understand the meanings of the book of Allah azza wa jal we are busy with surah al-Baqarah and we have reached the 25th verse by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Today inshallah we'll be looking at verse 25 to verse 29 subhanahu wa ta'ala So Allah azza wa jal He commences his book And he says Beginning verse 25 وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ كُلَّمَا رُزِقُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَمَرَةٍ رِزْقًا قَالُوا قَالُوا هَذَا الَّذِي رُزِقْنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ وَأُتُوا بِهِ مُتَشَابِهًا وَلَهُمْ فِيهَا أَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ وَهُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal after mentioning to us the outcome of the disbelievers and their abode which is Jahannam Allah Azza wa Jal mentions to us the reward for the believers those who Accompany their belief with righteous deeds And this is the uslub This is the style Allah Azza wa uses in his book Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions The repercussions for punishment He also mentions the virtues of deeds And when Allah Azza wa mentions to us Praiseworthy traits Allah Azza wa will also mention the opposite And this is how Allah Azza wa Establishes Targhib wa Targhib The concept of Encouraging Towards goodness And Targhib Instilling Fear Within The believers And so that when the believers Hear the verses Which encourage Them towards righteousness They exert themselves Trying to achieve righteousness And when they hear verses Which pertain to punishment And deeds Which become a reason to attain the punishment of Allah Azza wa Jal, they then abstain from these deeds. And this is the balance of a believer. That the believer is between fear and hope. The believer is between fear and hope. And these verses instill these yani, concepts within us. The concept of fear and hope. So Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ And give glad tidings. To those whom believe. And the giver of this glad tidings is the Prophet ﷺ. That is, O Messenger, and those who convey the message. So whomsoever yani, conveys the message is also encouraged to give this glad tidings. Give this glad tidings to whom? Give this glad tidings to those whom believe. Those who have belief. Firmly in their hearts. And this is the origin of belief. That belief, yani, it is It's a statement upon the tongue and it is to declare the statement truthful within your heart. But they don't just believe. Allah Azza wa says and they do righteous deeds. And so here we see that the true 
sign of Iman, it is deeds. And the holistic definition of Al-Iman, we dealt with previously. A statement upon it on the tongue, a belief in the heart, and actions with one's limbs. This is the comprehensive definition of Al-Iman. So the believers are those who believe in their hearts and they do righteous deeds. By yani, taking physical action. And this, by doing this, they confirm their faith with their good deeds. This is a confirmation of one's faith. If a person simply said, Amanna, I believe, but he never ever did deeds of the Muslims, then this person's iman is not true. Allah Azza wa Jal, He described good deeds as salihat. Allah did not just describe deeds as yani good deeds. A'malul khayrat. Right? Good deeds. But Allah Azza wa rather said righteous deeds. Because by means of righteous deeds, people's affairs is rectified. Righteous deeds, it rectifies the abstate. And it also rectifies his worldly life as well as his life in the year after. And by way of righteous deeds, matters are set straight and right, and all troubles will be eliminated. This, he will become one of the righteous salihun. He will become one of the righteous salihun, whom by way of his deeds, and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will qualify for Jannah. May Allah make us from the Ahlul Jannah. Ameen. So Allah said, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتِ That for them is gardens. That for those who believe and do righteous deeds, they will have gardens. Filled with wonderful trees, fine fruits and extensive shade. Hence the one who enters this garden will enjoy it and the one who dwells in it will be happy. The one who yani, enters the garden will enjoy it and the one who dwells in it will be happy. Jannatin tajri min anhar That there will be granted gardens underneath which rivers flow. And this is something which we cannot fathom. The reality of Jannah, as the Prophet said, رأت, سمعت, That Jannah is that which no eyes ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and has never ever occurred to the heart of man what the reality and beauty of Jannah is. So Jannah. Allah Azza wa Jal, He described it to us. But how do we truly vision Jannah? Jannah is that which no eyes ever seen. No ears ever heard and has never ever occurred upon the heart of man what Jannah is like. And this is one such example. Jannatin tajri min al-anhar. Jannat underneath which rivers flow. We've never seen a garden underneath which rivers flow. But we can get a slight idea of this. For example, in Sweden, we find that there are lush gardens. 
and these gardens are pleasing to the eye. And beneath these gardens, it appears as if the rivers are flowing beneath it. But in reality, it is not flowing beneath it. It is flowing, yani, on the surface. But this gives us a depiction of this. And we can check this out, inshallah, and search it. The rivers, yani, in Sweden, etc. So, Allah Jal said, Jannat, tajri min tahti al-anhar. Rivers, yani, which flow beneath it. And that is rivers of water. Rivers of milk, rivers of honey, and rivers of pure wine. Wine which does not intoxicate. And when we teach young learners about the pleasures of Jannah, and we say in Jannah there is wine, and they're all like, Subhanallah, how can this be? This is something strange. But as we know, wine is made from grapes, fermented grapes. And the example I give is, is that we all like apple ties and grape ties. Some prefer apple ties and some prefer grape ties. And when you drink this drink, it has a very, very pleasurable taste. And this is the reality of pure wine. But no matter how much apple ties you drink, yani, you could drink too much. And after a while your tummy hurts. And you get tired of it. But the pleasure which you experience when you drink this in Jannah, it will never ever end. And the first time you drink it, will be as pleasurable as the last time you drink it. And this feeling is reoccurred. This feeling, it reoccurs. Taib. So, these rivers, they will cause, and it will go, wherever the person who owns this garden wills it to go and they will direct it wherever they want and those trees in Jannah will be irrigated by them and it will produce all kinds of fruits so Allah says وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتِ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ كُلَّمَا رُزِقُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَمَرَةِ الرِّزْقَنْ قَالُوا Each and every single time they are provided with fruits therefrom, they will say, هَذَا رُزِقُنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ This is what we have been provided with before. This means that the fruit that they are given, it is the same type, with the same qualities. All of them will be similar in beauty and delicious taste. And there will be no fruit that stands out from the others. And this is because all of them will be good. And there will be no time in which they are deprived of pleasure. And they will constantly have the delight of eating those fruits. So sometimes fruits are overripe. Sometimes fruits are underripe. In Jannah, all of the fruits are of the same quality. And it never ever changes and they will constantly have delight of eating these fruits since there will be no time in which they are deprived of pleasure in Jannah Allah Azrael says mutashabihan. so why do they say yani we have been granted this before Allah says because they will be given 
things that resemble one another. And the Mufassirin have many interpretations of this verse. With regard to this verse, they say that Mutashabiha, they will be given things which resemble one another. It is said that they will resemble one another in name. They will resemble one another in name, but they will have different tastes. Or that they will resemble one another in color, but it will have different names. Or that they will resemble one another in beauty, delicious taste, and enjoyability. And perhaps this is the strongest view, as Sheikh Abdul Rahman mentions. That they will resemble one another in beauty, delicious taste, and enjoyability. Then having mentioned the dwellings, Allah Azza wa Jalla mentioned to us that they will have gardens underneath which rivers flow. And they will be granted fruits which resemble one another. Thereafter, Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned to us and He described to us their spouses. He mentioned to us their spouses and He describes them in the most perfect and clear way. Allah Azza wa Jal says, جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ كُلَّمَا رُزِقُوا مِنْهَا مِنْ ثَمَرَةِ الرِّزْقَ قَالُوا قَالُوا هَذَا الَّذِي رُزِقُنَا مِنْ قَبْلُ وَأُتُوا بِهِ مُتَشَابِهًا وَلَهُمْ فِيهَا أَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ And for them, in Jannah, they will have أَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ What does أَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ mean? It means purified spouses. They will have purified spouses. And Allah Azza wa Jal did not describe them as purified from a specific defect. And this indicates that they will be pure in all the aspects. And they will be pure in terms of their attitude and character. Free from physical defects. Pure in speech. Chaste in their gaze. And with regard to their attitude, they will be friendly and they will be endearing to the husbands because of their good attitude and they will have in a manner that is expected of a good wife and will be well-mannered in word and deed with regard to them being physically pure they will be free from menses and this is how most of the translations mention this yani, meaning they say free from menses postpartum bleeding and urine and stools. This is what they mentioned. Now, if we mention that mutahara, it is more holistic in meaning than this. It means their character, their beauty, and yani, uh, with regards to them being physically pure. They will not have any mucus and any bad smells. And they will also be physically pure in the sense that they will possess perfect beauty with no physical defect. Or hint, of ugliness rather they will be good and beautiful and they will be pure in speech and chaste in the gaze gazing only on the husbands and refraining from all foul speech so this verse speaks about spouses in Jannah and the description which is given it is given to women so what is in store for the ladies in Jannah certainly there is no discrimination with regard to the pleasures of Jannah, Allah Azza wa Jalla will compensate the males just like He compensates the females. 
But Allah Azza wa Jal speaks to us in terms of our desire. So women will have what they desire in Jannah. And from amongst all of the wives, which a man will have, his wife will be his true queen. And she will be his perfect wife in Jannah. The wife we used to have in the life of this world. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. So this verse where Allah says, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Give glad tidings to those whom believe. In this verse, it first speaks about the giver of glad tidings. It speaks about the recipients of the glad tidings, just like it speaks about the actual glad tidings. So the bringer of the glad tidings, it is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Give this glad tidings to those who believe. The bringer of the glad tidings is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And whomsoever yani, takes up the responsibility of the messenger. And in reality, this should be each and every single Muslim. But the ulama and the du'at and the students of knowledge, they take this role. Secondly, the recipients thereof, it is the true believers. Those whose belief in their heart is proven true by way of their actions and their deeds. And the actual glad tidings, it is Jannah as Allah Azawajal has described to us in these verses. And the things promised in these glad tidings, there is no means of attaining what is promised in these verses or in this verse except by Iman and Amalu Salihat, Iman and righteous deeds. And there is no way of attaining it. This is the greatest of glad tidings conveyed by the best of Allah Azza's creation and highlighting the best of means. SubhanAllah. This verse also shows us that it is encouraged for believers at times to give glad tidings to the believers and to motivate them to do good deeds by referring to the reward and the benefits of those deeds. This doing such deeds will become light and easy. Doing these deeds will then become light and easy and there's many examples of this in the Sunnah of the Prophet One such example is when the Prophet asked Mu'adh ibn Jabal Ya Mu'adh, do you know what the rights of Allah is over his servants? And what the rights of the servants is over Allah? Mu'adh responded and said Allah and his messenger know best. He responded by saying Allah and his messenger know best. The Prophet then said the rights of Allah is that you worship him and don't ascribe any part with him in worship. And the rights of the servants which Allah Azzawajal has placed upon himself is that Allah will not punish those whom do not ascribe partners with Allah Azzawajal in worship. And so Mu'adh said, Afala nas? Should I not give people this glad tiding? The Prophet said, no, lest they depend upon this. But walillahi alhamd, this glad tiding has reached us and this is one such example. Allah Azzawajal then says, in the verse which follows, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِيِّ أَيْ يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَا بَعُودَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا 
that Allah Azza wa Jal is not shy to set forth a parable the like of a mosquito or even that which is greater in example something yani greater in example or something yani even more insignificant than a mosquito so Ya Allah Azawajal establishes the wisdom and the reason to a certain degree why Allah Azawajal sets forth parables in the Quran. And that is since Allah Azawajal is not shy to make clear the truth by way of these parables. And we saw um, in the verses which preceded the parables which pertained to the Munafiqeen. And the effects of it in understanding their state. So Allah Azrael says, Allah Azrael is not shy and not ashamed to tell the truth. By setting forth a parable of a mosquito. And perhaps this is the response, as Sheikh Abdul Rahman says, to those who disliked the giving of mathal. To those who disliked the giving of parables. And they thought that it was insignificant things. And they objected to Allah Azza wa Jal doing such a thing. But there is no room for objection here. Rather, this is a means by which Allah Azza wa Jal teaches his slaves. And it is a sign of his mercy towards them. Allah Azza wa Jal teaches us by way of these parables found in the Quran. So Allah Azza wa Jal then says, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا as for those who believe, what is their approach to these parables? As for those who believe, they know that this is the truth from the Lord. As for those who believe, their response is that they know that this is certainly the truth. From their Rabb. They know that this is the truth from their Rabb. And so they understand the parable and they reflect over its meaning. If they understand its message in a comprehensive manner, then their faith and their belief will be increased thereby. And if not, if they fail to understand the meaning, they still acknowledge it. And they still acknowledge that it is the truth and that it is or contains a truthful meaning even if the message is unclear to them. And this is the approach of the believers when they come to the parables in the Quran. They comprehend it. This is good. They reflect over it and they know it is the truth. If they don't comprehend it, they still acknowledge it is the truth and Allah Azza wa Jal did not reveal it in vain. But rather there is a great wisdom behind it which is unknown to them. Allah Azrael says, As for those whom disbelieve, فَيَقُولُونَ They say, مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا They say, What does Allah Azrael intend by this mathal? What is the reason behind this mathal? And what did Allah Azrael intend by way of this parable? So they object to it. And this objection only increases them in disbelief. 
just as it increases the believers in faith, those who reject it and question it, it only increases them in disbelief. Allah Azzawajal then says, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ Allah says, He causes many to go astray thereby. Yani by way of these parables and these verses in the Quran. وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا And He guides many by way of it. But Allah says, وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ And He does not misguide by way of it except the people of Fisk. The people of Fisk. So Fisk contains two meanings. Firstly, Fisk, it can pertain to a person who is an open sinner. For this reason, Allah said, إِذْ جَاءَكُمْ فَاسِقٌ بِنَبَئٍ فَتَبَيَّنُوا That if a fasik, a sinner comes to you, فَتَبَيَّنُوا With any report he comes to you and news, then first see clarity about this information and news. And this can be a Muslim. Then you get fisk, which is considered to be kufr. And in this verse, the fisk which is mentioned in this verse, it pertains to kufr. It pertains to kufr. So Allah says, He causes many to go astray thereby and He guides many thereby. But Allah says, He only misguides by way of it the fasikun. He only misguides by way of it yani, the disbelievers. Those who reject the verses of Allah Azza wa Jal. And there is no greater blessing to the people than the revelation of the Quran and its verses. Yet for some it is a trial and a source of confusion and misguidance, which only adds further to the evil, whilst for others it is a gift and mercy that increases them in goodness. Which increases them in goodness. Allah Azza wa in this verse, He also mentions to us the wisdom behind why He misguides and why He allows people to sin and grants them yani, the irada, the will to do sin. And that is, by way of their sin, they, they go further astray. And by way of their sin, they become more misguided. And this is yani, a wisdom behind why Allah Azza wa allows sins. Allah Azza wa allows sins. So that by way of the non-believer choosing sins and transgression and oppression, Allah Azza wa only increases him in his transgression. And so wisdom dictates that they should go astray because they are not qualified to be guided. By the same token, his wisdom and grace dictate that those who believe and do righteous deeds should be guided. Taib. Allah Azza wa Jal, they mentioned to us the attribute. Allah Azza wa Jal said, from amongst the attributes is, الَّذِينَ يَنْقُدُونَ أَهْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مِثَاقِهِ وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَيُّوصَلَ وَيُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah said, they are those who break Allah Azza wa Jal's covenant after it has been made binding upon them. After the covenant of Allah Azza wa Jal has been made binding upon them, they break it. So the covenant of Allah Azza wa Jal firstly relates to the connection of the servant with Allah. This is the first level of Ahd. It is the covenant which exists between the Abd and Allah. So they break this. 
then there is a covenant which exists between the abd and the messenger of Allah sallallahu and then there is a covenant which exists between the abd and yani his relatives so the covenant mentioned in this verse it refers to all of these three levels covenant with Allah his messenger and then yani with his relatives and whoever Allah has commanded him to yani ratify his bond with and so this shows us that if your sila, your connection with Allah Azzawajal is strong, your connection with His Messenger will be strong. If your connection with the Messenger is strong, then your connection with your relatives will be strong. And the opposite is also true. The weaker your connection with Allah, the weaker your connection with the Messenger, and the weaker your connection will then be with your family. And Allah Azzawajal knows best. So they, they sever the bonds that Allah Azzawajal has commanded to be upheld. وَيُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ And they make mischief on the earth. And mischief, yani, means here, they spread their kufr and they spread their ma'asi. They spread their kufr and they spread their sins. And it is considered to be, yani, if sad, because it corrupts the person, and it also corrupts the earth because sins have has an effect upon the dunya. So Allah Azrael says, and they spread mischief in the land. Allah says, Ulaika. These individuals who has this description within them, Ulaika that they are the losers. They are the losers because they lose their dunya, because they've exchanged their dunya for the akhirah, but they, in essence they lose their dunya and they lose in the akhirah. So they are the only ones who are the true losers because their losses affect them in all circumstances and they do not achieve any success at all. Loss, it can be general and loss can also be specific. Meaning, the loss which is mentioned here could apply to the kuffar solely and it could also apply to the believers as Allah Azzawajal mentioned to us in Surah Al-Asr وَالْأَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ that by time man is at loss so a person could have loss in the absolute sense or loss in the specific sense and in essence each and every single person is at loss but the loss which we experience it varies according to our Iman our taqwa and our righteous deeds. Allah Azrael then says, كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا فَأَحْيَاكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Allah says, how can you disbelieve in Allah? وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا فَأَحْيَاكُمْ Whilst you were non-existent, you were dead. فَأَحْيَاكُمْ Then we gave you life. Allah says, ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ Then Allah will cause you to die once again. ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ Then he will give you life. ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And then to him, you will return. So here Allah Azza wa Jalla is posing, posing a question, كَيْفَ Which means how. And this means, this question is being posed in order for the people to reflect. And this question is being posed in a manner 
which brings across astonishment. Like you would tell the person, how could you do this? So Allah is saying, How can you disbelieve in Allah? Whence you were amwat, meaning you were lifeless. You were non-existent. You did not exist. Then we gave you life. Then we will cause you to die. Then we will give you life once again. This is the resurrection. And then to us, you will return. Then to us, you will return. So, Allah Azza wa Jalla, by way of this verse, He establishes His Lordship. That He alone creates. And He is the one who solely gives life. And He is the one who causes death. So how then can you disbelieve in Him? Whilst He has given you the gift of life, He will cause you to die and He will resurrect you. And then to Him will be your final return and you will be compensated for your deeds. Allah Azza wa Jal says, هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا ثُمَّ اسْتَوَى إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فَسَوَّاهُنَّ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتِ وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ شَيْنَ عَلِيمٌ Allah says that it is Allah. It is He, Allah. هُوَ الَّذِي It is He. يعني Allah. Meaning Allah. الَّذِي The one who خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا He is the one who has created for you every single thing which you find upon the earth. Allah Azza wa Jal who is the one who has created each and every single thing upon the earth. And He has subjugated whatever is upon the earth for man and the benefit of man in the various ways, whether it be food, whether it be modes of transport, whether it be the vegetation. Allah Azza wa Jal has created this all for the benefit of man, the mountains which gives the earth yani, its stability. Allah created the sama as a canopy. The sun which gives us, by the will of Allah, energy. The stars which serves as a beautification for the night sky and a means of guidance for the travelers. Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who has created for you everything specifically on the earth. But Allah has subjugated everything in the samawat and the earth for insan. So Allah makes clear that He is the one who has created for you everything which is upon the earth. And we mentioned that Shaykh Abdul Rahman will mention many benefits which pertain to aqidah, many benefits which pertain to fiqh, and many benefits which, which pertain to akhlaq and so on. And Shaykh Abdul Rahman is also considered to be a scholar from amongst the scholars of usul al-fiqh, Islamic legal theory. So he will also mention lots of concepts pertaining to Islamic legal theory and qawaid al-fiqiyya, the principles of fiqh. And here is one such principle. The fact that Allah Azawajal says He is the one who has created for you everything which is upon the earth, from this the scholars derive that al-aslu fil ibaha, that the origin with regards to general things, it is permissibility. Meaning that everything, whether it be food, clothing, etc etc drink the origin with regards to the ruling it is permissible up until there is a proof to prove that it is haram and this verse is an evidence for this maxim al-aslu fil ashya ibaha allah azza wa is the one who has created for you everything which is upon the earth so allah azza wa 
In this verse, he has shown us the basic principle concerning all things is that they are permissible and pure. Because the context here is one of reminding us of his blessings. And excluded from that is everything that is evil or foul. And the prohibition on such things may also be understood from the meaning of the verse. Taib. So, from this verse we also understand that it excludes everything that is evil and foul. Everything that Allah has made permissible, it is good. Everything which Allah has prohibited, then it is evil and it is foul. And this prohibition can also be understood from the meaning of this verse. Taib. Allah Azawajal then said, He is the one yani, who created for you everything which is upon the earth. Then he made istawa ila sama. Right? He made istawa ila sama and he made them seven heavens and he has knowledge of all things. So the reason why we did not translate the word istawa because istawa comes with different meanings in the Quran. And it's important for us to clarify this here so we can apply it to the other verses where this term and word istawa is used. If istawa is used with a preposition, it means ala wartafa'a wa sa'ida. It means to ascend and to be lofty. It carries these connotations. So where Allah says, Ar-Rahman, ala al-arshi istawa, that the most merciful has risen above the throne. This relates to Allah Azza wa Jal's ascension above the throne in a manner which befits His Majesty. This is the meaning it contains. Because here it comes with the, with the preposition of Allah, Ar-Rahman, ala al-arshi istawa, that the most merciful has risen above the throne. This is the meaning which is conveyed when Istawa is preceded by Allah. In other contexts, yani, where Allah Azawajal mentions Ilah, then it carries the following meaning. Allah says, Thumma istawa ila sama. Right? Then Allah Azawajal, He turned towards the heavens. Allah Azawajal, He turned towards the heaven. And here, it carries the meaning of qasada. It carries the meaning of to turn and to intend. Yani, towards the heaven. To turn and to intend towards the heaven. So in this context here, it does not mean that Allah Azawajal has risen above. But rather here it means that Allah Azawajal he turned towards the heavens. And he made it seven heavens. That means that Allah Azawajal knows absolutely everything. He knows that. He knows all that goes into the earth and that which comes out of it. And all that descends from the heaven and that which ascends to it. And Allah Azawajal, He knows that which you conceal. And that which you disclose. And he knows what is secret and what is even more hidden. Mention of Allah Azawajal's creation of the universe is often followed by affirmation of his omniscience. As in this verse and as in the verse 
in Surah Al-Mulk where Allah Azza wa Jal says, How could he who created not know his own creation when he is the knower of subtleties the all aware? And this is such since his creation, Allah Azza wa Jal, he knows his creation. And this is the clearest evidence of Allah Azza wa Jal's holistic and eternal knowledge, his wisdom, and his might. So, alhamd, we've covered verses 20. Let me just go back up one. Today, we've covered verses 25 to 29, and inshallah, in our next lesson. We'll look at verse 30 where Allah Azza wa Jal mentions to us and introduces to us three of his creation, namely the creation of the angels, the creation of Adam والسلام, and the creation of Iblis. And this comes up in the next verse. We ask that Allah Azza wa Jal grants us the ability to ponder and reflect over the meanings contained in these verses. And more importantly, that he grants us the divine tawfiq to practice upon these verses. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Naktafi bihaza. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha ila anta. Astaghfiruka wa tubi ilaik. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.